a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism, Pastor Fleming. And it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunch. <laughs> so, uh, if you guys would put mega, mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word, pastors. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. Second only to the sound of silence. This is Table Talk Radio. Here with uh, Dr. Wolf Mueller over, on, over there in Austin, Whoa. Texas. So. Whoa. How's it going, doctor? Right away. Take it easy. <laughs> uh, fine. How are you? Ah, good. Good. Ready to do some Bible B today. That's about all we have. I am. And uh, I think the last words before hitting record were, "Let's just go till we have till we run out of time." So we'll see. Let's <laughs> just that's true, that's true. I did we'll want to do a buzzword in. for you, except for I forgot my buzzword generator. Uh oh, you're going to. I moved everything downstairs to a different office, and then it wasn't working. So now it's back upstairs without all the accompaniments. Uh huh. Okay. So what's your think of myself? So you better go first. Oh, you want me and to go? I first. will think of one. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Uh, well, how about we do uh, Monday Thursday? We got that coming up. Oh, wow. as we uh, record here Wednesday of Holy Week. Uh, Monday. Th- everybody thinks it's Monday Thursday. It's like make up your mind. Is it Monday or is it Thursday? Monday Thursday. <laughs> uh, Monday though comes from the Latin from mandatum, which is uh, the word for mandate. Uh, comes from John's reading of the uh, upper room, uh, so the uh, uh, the night in which Jesus was betrayed. And Jesus says, this new commandment I give you, this new mandate I give you. And guess what it is? Love your neighbor. Uh, uh, yeah. So how how is that new? What is new yeah, about loving your neighbor? Yeah, because it's like, hey, that's the old commandment. Love your neighbors yourself. Mm. But Jesus says, as I have loved you, mm. so you ought to love one another. And there so Jesus says, I'm going to show you a new way to love, which is dying. Whew. Yeah. Sacrifice. Uh, and I think it's um, uh, the the motivation change i suppose so that um the, the the maybe the way that we would love um according to our sinful nature would be that we would get that we would be loved <laughs> you know so i need to do for this person or also get you know punished for it or i'll i, I need to do this because i might get something back for it uh, but the way that uh, jesus loves is selflessly for no reason of getting anything in return whatsoever and that's that's the love that uh, Christ has for us and giving up his life for us sinners. So, Fantastic. Monday, Thursday. Uh, I, my buzzword for you is Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Just kidding. How about this? Uh, passion. This is an f- uh, interesting word because normally when we use the word passion nowadays, uh, we're talking about strong feelings. But 
I just got to follow my passion. Like, why, yeah, why do we call the last week of Jesus' life his passion? And the reason is because, well, it's probably an English thing. The old sense of passion was connected to passive. Those two words are kind of bound up. So when these things happen to you, so Jesus hands himself over. He says very little. I was noticing this, especially this year, how little Jesus talks. I mean, on the night when he's arrested, overnight, all night that he's there, first with Annas, then Caiaphas, and then the Sanhedrin gathers, and he's, he hardly says a thing. He only, I mean, he kind of only jumps in in order to help them with the condemnation. Like, they don't have anything that's going to stick. So he says, all right, look, I'm the Christ. And they say, okay, <laughs> that does it. And then uh, before Pilate, he, only when he's with, uh, with Pilate alone does he talk to him, not when he's out in public with Pilate. He says nothing to Herod. He comes back to Pilate. He says nothing at all. When the Jews are accusing him, he says, like a lamb before his shearers is silent, so he opens not his mouth. He says nothing. So he, Jesus is passive in all of these things. He's handing himself over to it. So that's why we call it the passion of Jesus, is that this is what's brought to him. Nice. Passion. All right, I'll see if I can work that in. So we're going to do some Bible B today. This is where we uh, each take turns giving the other Bible passages. There's three rounds in Bible B. The first round, you get three verses. The second round, you get one verse. And then the third round, you get one word. And the object of the game is to guess which book of the Bible and maybe even chapter and verse uh, to see if you're going after the big points in uh, Table Talk Radio. Of course, we all know the Table Talk Radio points are highly valuable and we also do a little log gospel so yeah uh what do you want to go first you want me to go first sure sure i'll give you a verse ready ready for if joshua had given them rest god would not have spoken of another day later on so then there remains a sabbath rest for the people of god for whoever has entered god's rest has also rested from his works as god did from his let us, therefore, strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Hmm. This is good. This, this helps us understand what the Sabbath is. Uh, I, I, uh, I had a funeral sermon yesterday. I, I tried to focus on this distinction because um, you hear the, the, the third commandment, uh, remember the Sabbath day, uh, keep it holy. And in the Old Testament, they thought, okay, the way that we check the box on that one is by ceasing our work. So it kind of made the Sabbath into a work. <laughs> look look what we did, or look what we didn't do. We didn't work, so we've kept that one. And then uh, you have Jesus come along, and he sees this guy laying there. He's paralyzed, blind, deaf. And he heals them, and they go, wait a minute, it's the Sabbath. You can't go around working on the Sabbath and healing people. And uh, this is John, I think, chapter 5, where Jesus then says, uh, the Father is working, and until now, I am working, or the Son is working, I think he maybe says. And here's, I think, uh, the, the point for us to understand of this rest working thing, is that in order for us to have rest, God must be working. <laughs> So uh, here's a man who is healed, and um, uh, he's receiving then rest, rest from the Lord. But who who has to work in order for him to receive that rest? It's God. 
So the question is, is Jesus God or not? Because if he isn't God, then maybe he shouldn't be working. But if he is God, then rest, the Sabbath was made exactly for this purpose, that we would receive rest. So Hebrews is uh, also making this theme. It's a ma- major theme in the book of Hebrews, that um, uh, pointing to Joshua in rest. And I think that comes from the book of Hebrews. Hey, hey, you are right. Fantastic. Well done. 100 points. Thank you. You want to guess a chapter? I do not. (laughs) Chapter four. Oh, I was going to say four. Are you serious? Dang it. Eight to 11. Eight to 11. All right. Uh, This is gospel because it is pointing to the rest that we have, which is in Christ. So uh, the Lord is the Lord of the, Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. He is our Sabbath. He is our rest. So now we find our Sabbath not in because we have ceased working, but because we have Jesus. And so uh, Luther, I think, does this most wonderfully, I think, of of all those who have um, uh, articulated the third commandment. I think Luther is great on this to understand that when we're receiving Jesus, that is through his word, through his sacraments, then that is we will receive his rest. So in the New Testament, we... Uh, keep the Sabbath holy when we receive the Lord and his gifts in his means of grace. Nice. Fantastic. Okay. So I suppose you want one here too then. Yeah. Yeah, okay. buddy. All right. This is what it says. Then I said, they are only the poor. They are foolish, for they do not know the way of the Lord or the ordinance of their God. I will go to the great, and I will speak to them. For they know the way of the Lord and the ordinance of their God, but they too, with one accord, have broken the yoke and burst the bonds. Therefore a lion from the forest will slay them, a wolf from the deserts will destroy them, a leopard is watching their cities, everyone goes out of them will uh, everyone who goes out of them will be torn into pieces, because their transgressions are many. Their apostasies are numerous. Hmm. 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 Okay, I'm gonna say old I'm gonna I'm gonna start whittling this down. I'm gonna say first Old Testament. I hope the listener is playing along here too. <laughs> and uh at each point you can tell me where I lose you. But this sounds very old testamenty, uh especially the lion devouring it, and I just don't recognize it from the New Testament, so
I'm taking some old Luther stuff, pulling it out of the collections and publishing it. You can download it for free or buy them for five bucks. Find it, the Everyone's Luther, at wolfmuller.co. Click on the books at the top of the page. All right, you've had the entire break to be thinking that over, mulling it over, uh, going through the mental Rolodex of the Bible to see if you can fathom which um, Old Testament, if it's even in the Old Testament. I'm not even confirming that. Do you remember one time I quitted from the Apocrypha? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do I remember? <laughs> that was funny. All right. So <laughs> was it? What do you, what are you thinking? Are you, are, are you, are you whittling so, down? I, so the, uh, the, it seems to me like I remember Amos has a lot to do with the lion. And there's a, I think it's Amos who has this line in there where he says, oh yeah, you'll survive like a piece of cloth and a, and a, bone from the devouring lion this sort of thing i think i think amos pictures the lord there joel i i believe both joel and amos have this idea but i think amos has this preaching of the the lion uh, pre is one of the themes that runs through it so i'm gonna guess uh the book of the prophet amos that is incorrect i'm sorry oh what is it you are looking for jeremiah Jeremiah. This is Where early chapter 5, mm. uh, verses 4 through 6. So this is how mm. chapter 5 begins. Roam to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, and look now and take note and seek in her open squares. If you can find a man, if there is one who does justice, who seeks truth, then I will pardon her. And although they say, as the Lord lives, surely they swear falsely. And then it goes into this great uh, prophecy of those who refuse to repent. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, Well, I just definitely missed that one. Yeah. Well, do you want to, do you want to swing for law or gospel? Yeah. Well, so I think this is, uh, this is a law. Uh, so the prophet is getting after the people for their sins, especially Jeremiah. And, and especially in the, in the time when Jeremiah is preaching, remember the Assyrians were on the way and he's warning them. Is it the Assyrians or the Babylonians? Might be the, hmm, no, it's These. the Babylonians on the way. The Assyrians right. had already done their destruction in the north and the Babylonians are now coming after Jerusalem. And the people are trusting in themselves and, th and thinking, look, the Lord gave promises that Babylon, that, that Jerusalem's going to stand. The Messiah is going to be in Jerusalem. So we basically, we can do whatever we want. We're using the gospel as an excuse to sin and and the lord just comes after the people hard in the preaching of jeremiah and he sort of hesitantly with great sadness preaches against them so all right well better luck next time i guess <laughs> do you really wish me better luck next time yeah 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 you do <laughs> make it a little bit more interesting i mean just getting it wrong all the time you Okay. <laughs> Let me find it here. This is a. This will be a, a easy but hard one. Um, uh, let's see. Where? Aha. Uh, uh -huh. uh, An easy but hard one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you three verses again. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. 
the tombs were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Hmm. Sounds like some of the events going on on Good Friday. Uh, the uh, the Gospels record this uh, passion of Christ, and it has passion, some... I heard that. Ah, I got it. For the first time in a long time, I actually got the buzzword. <laughs> I'm going to give you 100 points. For Thank that. you. Uh, so 200 points. It's remarkable to read through the Gospels' passion account. Um, they all record the events very closely, um, more closely than all the other events. And I think, obviously, this is the main point of where you know things are headed, that everything that Jesus does, he does to take to the cross. So when it's time for him to go to the cross, all of the uh, gospel writers uh, are recording these events and, and good to tell. There are some events that are unique to particular gospels, and I think there's only, I could be wrong, correct me if you know better, Pastor Wolf, but I think there's only one gospel that records the uh, the resurrection of the dead from the tombs at the splitting of the curtain. And the question is for our game here, <laughs> which gospel? And I'm going to fall on uh, the gospel according to St. Matthew. I think that's the one that you, has it. You are right. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. That's right. Only only in Matthew does do we hear these things. Okay. And here it is. Now you want to guess a chapter? I think I do. So I want to, I want to, Back into this. So the last chapter of Matthew is 28. Uh, that would be recording. the. So I think um, this is going to be chapter 27. Chapter. Are you sure? Yeah. You're right. Oh, wow. All right. 200 points for the book. 300 points for the chapter. Verse. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stop where. Stop, stop while I'm ahead. So it's verses 51 and 52 and 53. Now, I'm interested mostly in what you think about this because I don't actually know what to think about it. It's a wild thing. This mm -hmm. the tombs opened up and the dead walk around. What's going on there? I don't know, but can we first tally up my points? I, I want to get a... Okay, 700. <laughs> okay. Um, well, so um, let's first talk about the, the temple curtain being torn. So uh, in, the, in the temple, there was the uh, curtain that separated um, the... I think it was, I think the curtain stood between the inner court and the holy place. Is that right? Or was it the holy, the holy place and the holy of holies? The holy place. Oh, okay. So it was between the holy place and the holy of holies. So um, this, at the, at uh, Jesus' crucifixion, there's this great tear, uh, an earthquake that, that splits this curtain. Now, this was a thick curtain. This wasn't like, you know, something you bought at Lowe's. I mean, this is, this is a thick thing. And so the Lord then tears open this, this curtain uh, exposing then the the holy of holies. Um, now, what what can we say that we know about this? Well, we know that um, Jesus put himself forward as the new temple. He said, "You tear down this building, and I will build again in three days." And then John, to make sure we don't miss it, says the temple he's referring to was himself. So that uh, Jesus is the new temple, and so we no longer have this this uh, veiled presence of God as he put his glory in the temple um, that needed an intercessor because Jesus now then is the great high priest that if we have Jesus, uh, then we have direct access to God himself. So uh, if I, 
if not, if nothing else, I think we can say that the tearing of the temple curtain uh, showed that uh, God has uh, placed his glory in Jesus in whom we have access to the Father. Uh, but what about then these, uh, the, the earthquake that causes the tombs uh, to, to burst open? I, all I can say about this is that this is a, a, pre, a, a preview of coming attractions. <laughs> that that uh, as Jesus then is giving up his life um, for the world to bring, to bring life to death, what we see happen at the moment of his, of his crucifixion is that a preview of that happens, that those who are dead uh, actually come to life. And that then points forward to the, the great resurrection on the last day when he comes again in glory and all the dead will rise and those uh, who have faith in Christ to eternal life with him. So I think that's all I can say about that. What do, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I, I, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's a um, it's a very mysterious it's a very mysterious event. So I, I'm I'm always kind of uh, curious about it. So yeah, that's all. Okay. All right. Well, I have uh, another verse for you. I was gonna. Okay, here's one. I'm just going to give you one verse because I'm not as generous. I got a great one for the one word. Oh, do you? Okay. I'm going to demolish you. <laughs> okay. Um, just if you're wondering, you better pick a hard one here because okay, I will. I'm coming for you. Uh, I smote you with scorching wind and mildew, and the oh, and the caterpillar was devouring your many gardens and vineyards, fig trees and olive trees, yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. I smote you with caterpillars and mildew. Uh, you you sound like you really like that verse. It's dramatic. It sounds like another Old Testament uh, curse. Really? Is it? Is it? Is it that Lord obvious? Is, uh, he's. <laughs> we see the 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 love of the Lord in that he. There's these escalating punishments that come upon the people, and he and he. He laid this out in the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy especially. He says, look, if you wander from my words and my commandments, it's going to get bad. There's going to be first desolation, and then there's going to be deportation, and then there's going to be uh, destruction. It's going to be these kind of escalating afflictions to bring you back to me, to give you the gift of repentance. That's law. Law always in service of the gospel. I, I was thinking about this the other day. What this line is that the law always reveals forgiven sins. So the law is always revealing sin mm. to us, but it, the sins that it reveals are the sins that Jesus died for. Mm. So the Lord sends caterpillars. Why? To, because the Lord likes sending caterpillars? Because the Lord likes afflicting? The, he does not delight in that. We know it. He, he sends the caterpillars to, so that the people would repent. So the Lord is always through the preaching of the gospel, or through the preaching of the law, and through the bringing about all of these difficult things. He's he's trying to 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 turn our own hearts. So the prophets are there preaching repentance, so that the people would come uh, to their senses and rejoice in the Lord, and not have the caterpillars eating all their food.
All right, well, I'll give you the break to think about it. Let's see how you do this. This is Table Talk Radio. You have been warned. Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. I think I'm onto your tactic here. You want to just talk long enough till the break comes in and then you take the long break to I don't know Google it or something I think that's what you do it I'm on to you so successful <laughs> that's true <laughs> I guess I'm not that worried about your tactic carry carry okay, on so I'm on to you because here because I, I don't know the answer to this I, I just don't identify the text so I'm gonna now I have to approach it psychologically and here the most the two most likely choices are number one that you doubled up on Jeremiah to trick me or number two that you went to Amos, which I picked before. And so you would have gone there. The third option is you could have gone to Joel, which I kind of like Joel because Joel has all the locust plagues in there. But I think that the most likely trick is for you to... for you to go to Amos. So I'm going to say Amos. (laughs) You know, I... (laughs) I will say that was where the, the, you you were right about my decision. Do I double up on Jeremiah or do I go to Amos? <laughs> so it is one of those two. You're uh, you're right about that. Yeah. The yeah. question is, are you right that it is Amos or did I in yes, fact sure. double up on Jeremiah? Yeah. And obviously everyone knows that the reference to smoting with mildew and caterpillar is found in the book of Amos. <laughs> wow. Do you see how, how that worked? Now that's some advanced Bible week. Like we've been doing this for 12 years. I didn't know this was like a game of, it's like an episode of Matlock or something. How many points do I get for that? Oh, I'll give you 200 points, but you want to guess chapter? Uh, no. But I'll, I'll guess chapter for no points, just for fun. Uh, chapter two. I will take away 200 fun points then, because it's chapter four. Okay. All right. Uh, I think we did a little law gospel already. <laughs> I'm going to say this is mostly law. Yeah, I think But again, you... for the purpose, showing the Lord is pressing for, I mean, he could have just sent the caterpillars without sending Amos to explain it. And then you just got caterpillars. But you have the caterpillars uh, in, with, and under the word of God, which means these caterpillars now come as a blessing to teach repentance. So uh, it's nice that the the prophets add the word to the affliction so that we know how to take it. Mm. There you go. Okay. All right. You ready? I got a single word for you. Okay. Pistachio. (laughs) Pistachio. Oh, it's great. That is so good. I oh man. Um I'm trying to think where this would even come up. Um Okay. Uh okay, I'm just gonna throw out a guess, I suppose. 
How about the book of Proverbs? That's a good guess. I'll give you, uh, but it's wrong. So let me just take away. Do you lose points? No, you just get no points. Here's the verse. Uh, Then their father Israel said to them, if it must be so, then do this. Take some of the choice fruits of the land in your bags and carry a present down to the man, a little balm and a little honey, gum, myrrh, pistachio nuts, and almonds. Take double the money with you. Carry back with you the money that was returned in the mouth of your sacks. Perhaps it was an oversight. Take mm. also your brother and the arise. Pistachios the pistachios from... Oh, yes, of course. The pistachios from Egypt. This is Genesis. It's the only time it happens there. So the pistachios are to win over Joseph. Uh, even though they don't know it's Joseph still at this point. They just know he's the king of, of, of Egypt. And they know that they came back with all of this grain plus their money with the demand to come back with Benjamin, which they don't want to do. But here they've finally talked him into they've talked uh israel into letting uh, them bring back benjamin to see joseph and all so right in the middle of the drama so genesis chapter 43 pistachio nuts the only time pistachio does, but does he even like Bible. pistachios i mean maybe if they were i don't know maybe chocolate covered almonds maybe that would have been more effective i don't know you know what i think there's a couple of moments in this whole i mean this whole joseph story is incredible i mean it's so it's fantastically moving it's kind of you know it's a it's drama i think one of the most amazing points is when israel dies jacob and then the brothers are worried that joseph is going to kill him that he thinks that he just forgave him for the sake of his father and that he doesn't actually love him and that the and that so the brothers get together and they say we they make up this lie let's go tell joseph that dad dad's last words on his deathbed were that you're not supposed to kill us <laughs> remember and they go and they tell joseph hey uh dad was dad died and he his last words were you you're not supposed to murder us and joseph weeps because he thinks that his that because his brothers think that his kindness and his love and his forgiveness is all a show. Hmm. He says, "No, and he look. I really love you. I really love this is, and the, I think the same thing is true in the gospel. I mean, we that God really does love us. It's not that Jesus is not just putting on a show, like I'm going to act merciful. I'm going to act like I love you. No, it's he really does. It's it's incredible." Hmm. All right. Well, I have okay, a, no points for you. A one-word hint s- for you. Solid seven hundred to two hundred going into the last round. Okay, and I believe that I have found a word that only is used one time in the Bible when using the King James version. Okay. Okay. Your one-word clue is the word chickens. 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 Hey, do you know what do you know what you call somebody who watches chickens? Hmm. A chicken tender. <laughs> do you know do you know what you call somebody who watches your your chicken nuggets? Hmm. A chicken tender tender. <laughs> do you know someone They'll bring up chickens around Dr. Wolfmuller, the dad jokes come out. <laughs> you know who someone who watches your chicken nuggets and they're very sensitive? That's a tender chicken tender tender. 
Okay, okay. How about the Bible? Does where, where in the Bible, at least in the King James version, does the word chickens appear? No, it's okay. Doctor. So it reminds me of the passage where Jesus says, "I've longed to gather you as a chicken gathers her hens. Wait, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings." That's when Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. And you can go to the place. There's a cha little chapel there where they think Jesus stopped to weep. And you can look out and it, there's this, you look over the altar. It has this, this chicken on the altar, kind of a mosaic. And then above it, a window with a cross. Hmm. And so it's like the arms of the cross are Jesus reaching over Jerusalem. It's pretty uh, amazing. So, but I think that says, I've longed to gather, like a hen gathers her chicks. There's the rooster that crows when Peter denies Jesus. Chicken, 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 chicken. You know, I, I think... Just, just so you know, you've got about two and a half minutes of the break, so I'm not sure that you can stall that long. I don't... Um, I just want to cut you <laughs> off at the... <laughs> what do you call someone who, who's very emotionally sensitive... And he looks after your ground-up chicken nuggets. <laughs> That's uh, called a tender, a tender, tenderized chicken tender tender. Okay. <laughs> I had no idea I was stumbling upon such great hilarity in picking this buzzword. What do you what do you, what do you call emotionally person uh, who you're going to try to stall chicken nuggets, <laughs> watches them while fixing. When I, your car bumper. When I when I told Doctor Wolfmuller that uh, he, there's two minutes left, he can't stall that long. He's like, challenge accepted. I got, <laughs> I got chicken tender jokes galore. <laughs> that, by the way, is called a a tender tenderized chicken tender tender fender mender. I can go all, all day actually with these. Well, we got another segment. Stay tuned for this last segment where you hear nothing but chicken tender jokes from Doctor Wolfmuller. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew? What are you thinking with Matthew? Yeah, the, I weep, Jesus weeping oh, over Jerusalem. yeah, that one. Okay. How I long to gather you like a chicken. Gather her hen. That is correct. Baby chickens. That's correct. <laughs> oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest... Wait, wait, the... I got to go for the chapter. Okay, go for the chapter. Uh, triumphal injury does. Twenty-one, Matthew twenty-one. Twenty-three. Come on, sorry, doctor. Uh, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often I would have gathered thy chicken together, or gathered thy children together, even as her hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, yet ye would not. That is 2337. 2337. I'm taking 200 for the chapter, by the way. <laughs> what do you call someone who watches the guy watching your chicken nuggets? That's a chicken tender, tender, tender. <laughs> I just want to. This verse, by for, the way, for is, those of you not is, yet already enrolled in the Wolfmiller School of Hilarity, if a joke isn't funny, just keep going with it until until people start laughing. Get there. <laughs> All right, you have the bumper music to explain what you think, and then we'll come back on the other side. This is hmm hmm. This is law and gospel. Ooh, law and it shows this desire of Jesus to say, but the rebellion of the people and they end up falling into destruction. Mm. 
Okay. Well, we will uh, come right back. We'll tie up some loose ends on this passage, and then I think we'll check the voicemail system. I haven't done that in a few years. <laughs> Two theologians for the price of none. Table Talk Radio will be right back. The Sunday Drive Home, Grappling with the Text and the Theo Vlog. These are some of the playlists on the YouTube channel. Visit YouTube slash Wolfmuller1. Check it out there. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio, where Dr. Wolfmiller has correctly identified the gospel according to St. Matthew, just not the correct uh, chapter. So, uh, unfortunately, that missed the mark. But anyway, uh, so you're talking about this being law and gospel. Could you explain that more? Well, so you see uh, Jesus is weeping there. And why is he weeping? Because he, he looks at Jerusalem with this profound love and affection. And he, he knows that he has come for the purpose of saving and rescuing all the people. And yet, um, they would not. I long to gather you into the shadow of my wings. Apparently, do you, do you know this? Have you ever seen this happen? That like if a forest fire's coming, a chicken will go and sit on her little baby chickens. And the fire will burn the chicken like a chicken nugget. But the fire will, the little baby chickens will live because they'll be under, they'll sit under, they'll be protected in the shadow of the wings of the mama chicken. I had no idea I, I you, you were a, uh, you studied chicken behavior in, in wildfire. That's amazing. I, I don't, uh, yeah. That's why they call you doctor. <laughs> they call, they don't, nobody calls me doctor. <laughs> so, uh. The the uh, uh, I don't know. I must have heard that in a sermon. So I'd like to see, know if it's true. But I hate to like go set a chicken on fire to see if. It well, happens. we have fires every year out here I mean, I in Oregon, I... so you could you know plan your trip anytime. I'd probably find set the chickens. An average of like two chickens on fire every week. Right. So right. I don't. I probably. It's, it seems different though when it doesn't start out as. Yeah. So okay. So uh, the, the apparently this is what the. This is what Jesus longs to do. He says, I, I want to gather you into the shadow of my wings so that you can be safe. I'll die. I'll take the wrath of God. I'll take the forest fire of God's holy anger so that you can escape it. That's what I, but you are not, you're unwilling. So they end up not only um, do they not clamor into the shadow of the Lord's wings, they end up stretching them out to crucify him. So... Um, so they end up getting, I mean, Jerusalem ends up getting walloped. August 10th, year 70, the Roman soldiers come through and just level the place. Not one stone left on the other. And that's a, that's a bad deal. So Jerusalem rejects the one sent to save, at least, at least most of Jerusalem. Now, not all. Remember Joseph of Arimathea and uh, Nicodemus, Paul himself, all the other disciples. These are Jewish people, so not everyone is lost but the city itself is lost because they did not uh, recognize the day of the visitation of god's grace and mercy it's tragic hmm. this is a text that we oftentimes go to against the 
Calvinist idea of irresistible grace. You want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, because God's grace. So the gospel, like God in the flesh, is resistible, which is an amazing thing. I mean, that God makes himself resistible, that God makes himself killable, mm -hmm. bleedable. I mean, all that's kind of stuff. And so, so Jesus is able to be resisted. And God, when God ever, whenever God acts according to the gospel, it seems he acts in this weak, resistible way. Hmm. So they so, turn their hearts away from the Lord. And I, I think, lives. I think this is maybe um, what we can take away about this verse on that point. You might ask, uh, well, how, how could you resist God's grace? Answer by killing the prophet that he sends. <laughs> in, in other words, mm -hmm. like it, from, from, I think a Calvinist perspective, you'd say, look, if God's going to pick you, he's going to pick you and there's nothing you can do about it. But, where he's bringing his grace in in the means in the in the in the word then that is very resistible and so it's easy i think for a calvinist to get to irresistible grace because god's grace doesn't come through means in the first place mm -hmm. but if you have god's grace coming through means and you resist those means then you're resisting his grace mm -hmm. i i think i think mm -hmm. the irresistible grace dispute is deeper than just that question alone. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's, um, I didn't, this is going to be a joke. It's a chicken and egg kind of thing <laughs> with the Calvinist. Uh, what comes first, the irresistible grace or the rejection of the means of grace. Uh, and it's kind of, it, you know, it could kind of go both directions. Like, so if you, if you lift up the sovereignty of God and the, his work of election over over his external word, then you're going to end up rejecting the means of grace, but also vice versa. If you reject the means of grace, then you're going to have to, you're, you know, a lot of other things start to fall. Mm. So, All right, let's go to our voicemail system. We have a long one. Uh, I see here that the max recording length is two minutes and this is 119 seconds. So I'm not sure if it got cut off or not, but let's, let's take a let's listen. See. Hi, pastors. Uh, blessed Ash Wednesday and Lent to you both. Uh, so uh, this is Ben from Wisconsin, uh, and I teach the sixth graders in my church uh, on Wednesday nights, and I've been trying more and more uh, to to teach the catechism as, as well as the, the Bible lessons, uh, thanks largely to the uh, discussions I hear on Table Talk Radio. So thank you for that. I was wondering about, uh, about a, a, a correlation I'm trying to make with the law the creed and I guess the, the catechism in general. So with the law, we say it is it is a curb, mirror, and a guide. I'm wondering, do we make can we make the connection with the curb? Can we see that as largely in the structure of the world and creation? And then the the mirror is what it does to prepare us for salvation. And the guide is what what we do with sanctification. So in other words, I'm trying to see it as if the three uses of the law can correspond with the three articles of the creed. And then along with that, and I think I've either heard this from Pastor Wolf Mueller or from other Lutheran pastors, can we also say that the the main parts of the catechism itself, the first three parts anyways, the first, the law can correspond to God, especially God the 
Father as the Creator, and then the second part, the the uh, the the mirror can correspond to um, the the uh, the Apostles' Creed and and the and salvation, and then the uh, and then the Lord's Prayer then would would correlate with uh, with the sanctification and what the Holy Spirit does. All right, that's where we got cut off. I think we got the main gist of his question. So he's looking for correlations in these yeah. distinctions we make. We have the distinctions in the law being curb, mirror, and guide. We have distinctions in the uh, three articles of the creed. Uh, the first article being creation, second being redemption, um, no, justification, then the third being redemption. Uh, or sorry, is that what we say? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the... Uh, redemption and then sanctification. Yeah, yeah. sorry, redemption and then sanctification. And then the... Of the first three parts of the um, the chief parts of the Catechism, uh, Ten Commandments, Apostles' Creed, Lord's Prayer. What do you think about that? The yes. So, f- so first of all, the answer is no. There's no correlation. And then the second answer is yes. Of course, there's correlation. But here's, okay. So here's why I first say no, is that seeing these connections between all these different parts is not necessary to understand the Catechism. So it's just fine to see them as, as sort of independent truth. So three functions of the law, that's great. Uh, if, we, if we start, so there's a, this is why I suggest this. There's a danger in starting to recognize these patterns and finding the truth in the patterns rather than just the thing themselves. So the Lord's Prayer and the Creed and the Ten Commandments, these all stand as their own independent truths. So if we let them stand as their own independent truths, then there is some benefit in starting to see the correlation between them. So for example, for example, the first article, the creed, creation, has to do with God's work, especially in the Ten Commandments. So those are connected to each other. But the creed is also com- contained, all of it, in the first commandment, because the first commandment is who God is and also contains what he does. Or the Lord's Prayer is contained completely in the second commandment. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. That's where we're commanded to pray. But we also see in the Lord's Prayer the same pattern that we see in the Ten Commandments. So all the Ten Commandments are contained in the petitions of the Lord's Prayer. The sacraments, baptism, confession and absolution, and the Lord's Supper are all part of what the Holy Spirit does in the third article on the church and getting the word to us. And yet we see also in the um, sacraments, all three uh, articles of the creed, so that God uses part of creation, that first article, that he joins it to the word, second article, that it brings forgiveness of sins and sanctifies us, third article. So you can look at the, at the sacraments with a sort of creedal view, but you can also look at the creed with a sort of sacramental view. So it becomes a fractal, a fractal and all the parts are sort of embedded within one another and connected to one another. So this is certainly true and really quite wonderful, but also it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not necessary to get it, uh, to, to get the catechism. Does that, does that make sense? Uh, I think so, yeah. Uh, rather, though, that the, the teaching that the catechism gives us, uh, that um, uh, the content thereof is of most benefit in confessing the truth of God's holy word. And that's what the, that's what the catechism has given to us. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. Question, though, Ben, good for you for teaching the uh, sixth graders. Indeed. And thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. On this day before Monday, Thursday.
Thanks for listening to this edition of well, Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is that not for everyone. That was a, Please my, consult my your pastor right? before listening to Table oh, Talk Radio. Oh, I didn't even notice. You get full 500 points. That gives me 500 points. to incomplete sentences with a chronic injury, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the cavernous wildness, and falling off your treadmill. Congratulations. Visit tabletalkradio.org. Congratulations. Thank you, doctor.